Hello, welcome to Digital Nomad Ventures, the podcast for aspiring and experienced digital nomads teaching how to travel the world on a budget. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Digital Nomad Ventures. My name is Mike Hope. I'll be your host. I'm sitting here in the studio with Brio. She was born in Kenya and moved to Austin when she was a baby. She got her start in photography living in Jamaica after high school, and after completing a degree in photography, she started the studio back in 2002. And according to Brio, she says, what I love most about my job is meeting new people and collaborating with them to make their vision happen. So I'm honored to be able to sit down today with Brio and uh, learn more about how she started the photography business, what she likes to shoot, and places she likes to travel. So without further ado, here is uh, Bria. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah. And so we're sitting in your studio right now. This is a, a beautiful space. You've got photos hanging on the walls, um, lighting equipment, laptops, <laughs> all, the, all the cool tech stuff. That's right. So, so what, what inspired you to start your photography business? Well, um, so after high school, I moved to Jamaica. I was um, doing some service with an organization called Youth with a Mission. And my grandmother bought me a camera as a graduation mm -hmm. gift. And I spent six months shooting everything that inspired me. And when I came back, I developed about 100 rolls of film and the photos were horrible. <laughs> uh, of course. That way we exactly. They were blurry. They uh, were too dark. All of this stuff. So, um, only manual focus? Uh, probably not. I think I was probably shooting mostly automatic, okay. <laughs> you know, being a beginner. Sure, sure. Um, but, um, my visions of, you know, happy little Jamaican kids and, fruit on trees and all of this stuff just did not come through in my photos. So uh, I still love photography and decided to start taking some classes and I really just fell in love with it and, you know, stuck with it from there. Practice makes perfect, right? That's what they say. Yeah. I'm still working on perfect, but Same here. <laughs> still practicing. Yeah. I would consider myself somewhere between amateur and professional. Okay. Well, more and more on the professional side. But. All right. Well, yeah. that's, that's a humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you started your photography business in 2002, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and since then, how, uh, what has been your primary area of focus? What do you, what do you like, enjoy shooting the most? Um, well, it so it, it, it is a broad spectrum because my husband and I run a full service photography studio. So, um, I think you'll find that that's a little bit different from what a lot of photographers say. They kind of really do focus and specialize in a certain area, but there's a few reasons that, you know, I didn't take that route. And one being that I just really like lots of different kinds of photography. <laughs> so, way. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. So it's hard to say, no, I'm not going to shoot that even though I sure. really like it. Um, or no, I'm not going to, you know, do, these kind of photo shoots when these are going to pay the bills mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, they're still enjoyable. So I think that, um, part of our success and running our studio is being that we do shoot a lot of, a lot of different things. And over the years, I mean, I've been doing this for 
about 20 years now, wow. which is, you know, makes me feel like, really? <laughs> I guess I am old. Yeah. Having a lot of fun, but you know, I've ridden through the recession. I, you know, when there was barely anything coming in the door, it's like, okay, we're doing a lot of headshots. We're doing a lot of corporate events, uh-huh. you know, not as much of the fun stuff, you know, not as many bands or editorials or things like that. So, Really being able to serve a broad spectrum of clients helped, you know, weather the storms. Yeah, I'm so that uh, I'm in the same boat right now. Is like I, I feel like I've kind of hit a dry well, and uh, occasionally I'll have some really high paying clients, and then I'll, for a month nothing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> more, and then it just keeps going like that over and over. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, I can totally relate to what you what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm looking around. I'm seeing all these beautiful photos of you taken in Kenya, mm-hmm. which is so that's where you grew up. Well, right. um, not quite. I was born in Kenya. My father's okay. Kenyan. My mom's American. She met him when she was over there traveling, and you know, was love at first sight. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they got married in Kenya, and I was born, and we lived there for a couple of years. And then, you know, my mom was like, well, you know, it's time to go back to the United States. This has been fun. And so we moved to Austin. Awesome. And she's from um, Los Angeles and didn't want to go back there. And Yeah, I can't say I blame her. Yeah. <laughs> Austin was this, you know, up and coming city and looked like a good place to start and raise family. So we well, moved I think here. you made the right decision because, yeah. you know, it's been voted the, the fastest growing city for a couple of years running now. And yeah. it just continues to grow. I'm of course, grateful. there's a lot of problems that comes along with that. Sure. Traffic, the homelessness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, sort of there's thing. there's been really cool things that have, you know, come out of all of the growth and then things that are not so cool. But mm-hmm. overall, I'm super grateful to live in Austin, to have been raised here and, uh, you know, be a part of the, the scene. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, tell me more about... Let's see, just yourself. Like, what what do you like to do for fun? Well, um, do you like to travel? I like to hang out with my kids. (laughs) We've got uh, we've got three children and another one on the way. Um, And uh, so, yeah, we we homeschool. Congratulations! Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah, we we teach our kids at home. so we work from home. We are all up in each other's biscuits all the time. <laughs> Sounds like you have your own little small village. <laughs> we have a small little village. Uh-huh. Uh, some people call it a compound. Uh, <laughs> it's, yes. it's, you know, uh, in central Austin, but tucked away a little bit. You know, it doesn't quite feel like you're necessarily in the middle of the city, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a know. great location. Right across from In-N-Out Burger, so I'm sure you're trying to go over there a lot. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, not so much. <laughs> uh, it's not very healthy. Yeah. So I took a bus. I'm living uh, right off East Riverside uh-huh. on the you know east of the highway. Uh-huh. And yeah. I took a bus. I was a little bit late getting here. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, but I sold my car before I started traveling. Uh-huh. I was backpacking in South America for a year and a half. Yeah. And that's sort of what inspired me to start this podcast because... Mm-hmm. I went through so many challenges along the way and, you know, I visited lots of beautiful destinations. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start teaching other people how to travel on a budget uh-huh. and basically work from anywhere in the world. 
Yeah, that's so, so cool. Thank you. Yeah, I love traveling, and I feel like, you know, the last, you know, number of years, I haven't done a whole lot of traveling, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, definitely uh, growing got up. Roots and here. I've got my roots here. I've definitely done quite a bit of traveling. It's something that I love, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, once this next baby drops, <laughs> <then> <laughs> we're going to pack our bags and do some um, family traveling. <laughs> Where do you think you'll go next? Cuba? Well, I would love to go to Cuba. Definitely on the the list. But I think next may be Guatemala or Peru. Uh Yes. I'd Um, highly recommend both those countries. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, Peru, I spent about three months traveling around Uh that country. And I did a, it's called the Salcante Track, which is a five-day intensive hike to Machu Picchu. Oh. It's about 150 kilometers. Uh Uh-huh. So it's not not for the weak of heart. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> what about yeah. four children? Yeah, six? of course. No, that, that wouldn't <laughs> work for you. No way. Okay. Maybe um, there's like a bus that will take us oh, to the yeah, end. Yeah, okay. Of course. <laughs> they have tours every day going uh-huh. from Cusco directly to Aguas Calientes, which okay. is at the base of Machu Picchu. All right. And there's just so much to see and do there. And then in mm-hmm. Guatemala, uh-huh. there's a place called Lake Atalan. Uh-huh. So okay. I was there for a yoga meditation retreat. It's oh, a very cool. hippie. Uh-huh. place um uh-huh. but yeah be absolutely beautiful okay. overlooking the entire lake uh-huh. so that i got some great, great photos around there oh i bet and they also have these chicken buses mm-hmm. they're called chicken buses they're like pimped out school buses very colorful uh-huh. and they're only like 50 cents to ride you can oh, take okay them all over so they're for people even though they're called chicken buses yeah <laughs> okay yeah. i think they Rehab. used to bring chickens onto the bus too so okay. that's the name all right. But again, that probably wouldn't be the best for if you have kids. Well, I mean, so, you know, before I was married, before I had kids, I was a pretty, you know, rugged traveler, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Like, I've definitely hitchhiked, hitchhiked in Jamaica. I've, you know, nice. rode matatus in Kenya. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not just a, like a hotel traveler. So sure, sure. definitely want our kids to have a view of the world and see, you know, life in another country yeah. and, and experience ex- yeah, and experience real life in another country, not just a vacation. Sure. So <laughs> staying in luxury resorts. Right. Timeshares. Right. Nice. Awesome. So I, I see here that you in on your website it says there's Brio photography and Brio weddings. Yes. So those two separate so, well, since we, you know, this full service studio, so everything kind of like happens out of the studio, but we have different websites for our different clients and, um, we've got briophotography.com that focuses on commercial advertising, uh, business type of, uh, photography mm-hmm. and then, um, briowedings.com, which is all of our weddings. And then, nice. um, soon we'll have Brio portraits.com which will be families and children and newborns and that sort of thing so awesome. you know just kind of splitting it up so that people can go to directly what's interesting them. sure and i would think but sharing links between these sites would give you like yeah SEL value too so they can yeah i guess so and then also real photography is the you know main brand umbrella and so you know if they get to mm-hmm. com, they can find their way to weddings or that family <laughs> of course 
So I think I initially found you, I just did a Google search for Austin Photographer. Okay. And, you know, I was doing some research because I was writing a blog post on the mm -hmm. top 10 best photographers in Austin. Mm -hmm. So I went a couple pages down and then found Rio <laughs> okay. Photography. So that's awesome. Uh -huh. um, so what advice would you have for our listeners in terms of just like finding clients, whether it be when traveling or in general? Because this is something that I'm struggling with right now. Um, well, I Personally. think, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's such a great question. And I think, you know, whether you're just starting out, been doing this for a while or a long time, you're always thinking about like, where can I find more clients? Yeah, it's a constant struggle. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, referrals, obviously. Yeah. Well, referrals are great, but I mean, when you're trying to generate your own um, leads, mm. you know, if you will, then I think, um, you know, kind of focusing in and getting specific on who you're looking for. Like, we're um, with our new website that we've just uh, revamped. We're going to reach out to a bunch of um, editorials and magazines, both here in Austin and, um, you know, the area, Central Texas, um, to create new relationships and really kind of move in that direction. So mm -hmm. what we're focusing on is creating a list of um, magazines and editorials that we would like to to work with. So then, um, yeah, Try put Beza, them on a list. Example. What's that? Try Beza. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, you know, find out who you can contact there. Um, it's also really helpful to find out if you have any friends that know people yeah, that who could give you an introduction. So, um, you know, I think it starts with creating that list um, and, you know, kind of mapping out the, the course, like what's the end goal? start shooting for more magazines and then back your way into, well, how do I get there? So mm -hmm. let's start with a list of who we're going to reach out to. And how do you get from point A to point B mm -hmm. using that from where you are to where you want to be? Right. Yeah. And then just, yeah, list out the steps and then start, start doing it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that, that kind of gives, takes me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is, um, so when I was traveling in South America, I was building an email list of luxury hotels. Uh -huh. So essentially, I was just going to searching Google, going to their website, and then pulling up their email address. Mm -hmm. And using this technique, I was able to stay at quite a few hotels for free. That's awesome. In exchange for photos. Uh -huh. So I send them an email script, basically just blast out an email mm -hmm. and get in touch with the hotel managers. Uh -huh. And in order to do that, I was using a tool. It's a Chrome extension mm -hmm. called Hunter. Oh. So you may want to check that out. Yeah. You can go to any website and easily pull up the email address of the person oh. who runs that website. Oh, how cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to try that. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. <laughs> um, so when you reached out to these hotels, I mean, obviously they had websites and they were yeah. online, but you just offered to shoot stuff that they didn't have online or maybe it was just updating and exactly getting... it was like so my my offer was about 150 professional photos interior exterior you know all the common spaces and then posting on instagram and writing a blog post oh okay and then it so in exchange for a three-night stay oh nice and of course if it's some huge chain like the hilton uh -huh. marriott or something they're probably not going to be interested 
Okay. That some of the smaller boutique hotels were. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. Did you find that people were fairly receptive? I mean, overall, you got, you got enough yeses to make your way. Yeah, along. I'd say <laughs> it, was, it was worthwhile. Probably on average, like over fifty percent of the people. Were oh open, wow! You know? uh-huh. okay. And then maybe like ten percent of them will get back to me. Mm-hmm. So Cool. Um, so let's see. What else should we talk about? Any anything else you have in mind? We're only sixteen minutes in. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Okay. Um, um, what do you use for editing? Uh, we use Lightroom and Photoshop mm-hmm. primarily. Um, yeah. uh, we have a full-time photo editor. Her name is Gita, and <laughs> she's sitting here right she's now, sitting right here, <laughs> doing her thing. Um, so yeah, she uses Lightroom for culling and Photoshop when, um, you know, some heavier artillery is necessary, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but for the most part, you know, those those are our programs. We've kind of looked around at other things like photo mechanic, um, Snapseed. Have you heard of Snapseed? No. I mostly use that for editing on the phone. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's, made, it's an app made by Google. Uh-huh. Okay. It's similar to Lightroom, and you can do HDR stuff in there, too. Do you like it? Yeah. Right. These are f- almost exclusively for posting photos on Instagram. Okay, so they're photos you shot on your phone mm-hmm. and then edit? And the nice okay. thing about I'm used shooting with a Sony A7, uh-huh. which has a built-in Wi-Fi connection. Oh, okay. So you can easily transfer between the phone. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, we haven't... Um, we don't have a Wi-Fi camera, so yeah. But definitely like shooting on our Soon. phone. <laughs> yeah. Which brings us to the next topic, and and that's uh, what what are you shooting with? Canon, Nikon, Canon. We use uh, the Canon Five DSR, mm-hmm. which is it's really an awesome camera. We kind of, after a lot of research, um, discovered it, and I don't, honestly, I don't know why more people don't use it because it's the closest thing to a medium format camera. Yeah. So Uh if you like really, um, if you like a lot of information in your file, if, if you've ever shot medium format or like the quality that you can get from Mm -hmm. that, then this camera is awesome. It's definitely... I'm looking at pictures of it right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of a beast. It's yeah. uh, you know, sixty full meg, frame. full frame, mm-hmm. sixty meg um, photos. Uh, so you know, if you shoot, uh, if you shoot a wedding on those cameras, uh, Gita, what's a wedding? What do we oh come back God, with? Probably at least five hundred gigs. Oh my god! What? <laughs> That's insane. It's kind of it's That's, kind of disgusting. Oh wow! So that, that how many photos would that be? Three thousand? That would be or like more. like seven or more. Seven yeah, seven photos. or eight thousand. That's from this two photographers. I don't shoot weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, to each their own. Uh huh. Um, I did actually. I I shot a uh, an, an Indian engagement party Ooh. this weekend oh cool for a company called candidly uh-huh. so they're they connect the photographer to the gig mm-hmm. and uh 
It was really interesting because I was the only white person there. And, uh, so I felt I was definitely out of my comfort zone. But after a while, I kind of warmed up and people warmed up to me. Uh-huh. Um, but I got to eat some Indian food. They nice. were feeding me constantly. Oh, really? And I was just taking photos nonstop. Uh-huh. So I left in about two and a half hours. I had about 700 photos. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the yeah. company, they, they say you should only shoot 50 to 100 per hour. Oh, really? So I shot way more than I needed because oh, wow. <laughs> I was just so in the zone. And yeah. uh, so then they got in touch with me via email. And they're like, I, I uploaded about 100 photos. And mm-hmm. the people's eyes were close in some of them because I wasn't really. Yeah. Uh, they only paid $30 an hour. Oh, wow. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, you realize that I normally charge like 150 to 200 uh-huh. for events. Yeah. So I'm like, this is, I'm sorry, but my time, I got to know my worth. Yeah. And this is all you get. Right. So then they delisted me from the platform. Oh, They're okay. Like, well. This isn't going to be a good fit. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so either because you, you need to value your photographers more. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Uh-huh. There's no way I'm going to upload 600 photos for $60. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Well. Artists are taking advantage of a lot. Yeah. Um, Unless you put your foot down. Yeah. I, and I mean, I'm... I'm sure this applies to lots of art and creative industries, but Mm. there's so many people who want to do it and are interested in doing it and will do it for $30 an hour. So it kind of, you you know, or for free or for free. I've done a lot of that too. So, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of puts that floor really low. (laughs) And especially now everyone has a cell phone in their pocket. The iPhone 11 has a, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's kind of putting us professional photographers out of work. Yeah. You definitely have to, you know, think about your strategy and, you know, what you're offering and how you can set yourself apart and Mm -hmm. do the things that someone with their phone can't do, which, you know, might be composition or posing or, you know, editing. So, yeah. So have you gotten a chance to travel to some of the, there's a lot of national parks in Texas alone. Uh, if you've got Big Bend, there's so many near Austin. Yeah, um, we've been to Big Bend, and uh, every year we do a annual family camping trip oh, um, awesome. to Kerrville. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and we stay that's where the in festival is that. Yeah, um, it's it's not happening when we go, but uh-huh. that's where they have it. Yeah. Uh, we go there for Fourth of July. Um, and we stay in a state park there, which is really nice. And what's that one called? Shriner. Oh, okay. Shriner State Park. I've been through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just nice, small, easy little park for someone with lots of kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but uh-huh. this uh, last spring, I went to Moab. Um, I did a uh, retreat out there. It was amazing. Did you go to Arches and mm-hmm. Nash- and Zion? I think is pretty close by. Zion is close. Uh, I went there when I was a kid, but this trip just stayed in Moab, and mm-hmm. it was it was super cool. Nice. I definitely want to take the kids back and spend more time and do some more hiking and you climbing. Should. Yeah, that's a beautiful area. Yeah, there's a lot of national parks around. Not just arches. I think Canyonlands is nearby. Yeah. I actually crashed my car in Arches National Park. Oh, really? I took it was, <laughs> Looking it was at slippery, uh, and I took the corner a little too fast. I went off the road and almost flipped over. Uh-huh. But luckily, 
I got a tow truck and they brought it back down. Oh, it could have ended wow. badly though. Okay. So you were you able to drive your car away? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, That's actually scary. that almost happened to us. We were in Jeeps and mm -hmm. <laughs> Some of the people driving were not very good at driving. Well, at least that's four wheel drive. Mine was just, yeah. Okay. It doesn't even have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. What else should we talk about? Well, um, we could talk about travel. So, um, some of my favorite places that I've traveled, um, I love Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, my, yeah. I still have a lot of family there, and for a few years, I was involved with drilling water wells. Um, a friend and I started a nonprofit called Well Aware, and uh, I've heard of this. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, Sarah, right? Uh huh. She's yeah. Yeah. I've worked with her before. Oh, okay, cool. Uh -huh. Well, so Sarah Evans. Sarah Evans yeah, um, we started that back in uh, I think 2006 or 2007. Um, I had been to Kenya a few years before and was just, um, you know, obviously moved in by the lack of water and what I saw as mm -hmm. like reality. And my, you know, my father grew up herding goats as a child and, you know, mud huts and that sort of thing. And it's when I was visiting my family there living that still rural Maasai lifestyle. It's a completely different world. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, um, we heard lions at night and there were like giraffe and zebra everywhere. And wow. um, the little kids would go get water and it was not, you know, something clear and refreshing. And I, you know, I came back just thinking, oh my gosh, uh, I'd like to, you know, maybe I can sell some of the photos I took while I was there and buy them some cows because, uh -huh. you know, their animals are dying as well because of lack of water uh, and lack of clean water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no sanitation. No systems. sanitation. Um, so my mom was like, well, you know, if you buy cows, those are just going to die as well. You should drill a well. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, that's ridiculous. Like I'm like, you know, 23, 24 years old, I, you know, can't just drill a well. And so, but that really kind of got the um, gears turning and my, my mind thinking, well, she's right. And so, you know, be there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, buying something that can die is just, it's not a sustainable, you know, solution to a problem. And um, I met Sarah and we both were like, we should do this. And <laughs> so, uh, no, you know, it's, yeah, it started off with one well. And now, I mean, I don't even know how many wells have been drilled. I, um, worked it's sort with of a similar business model, charity water, right? Is yeah. That, mm -hmm. have, have you teamed up with them? Uh, well, Probably not, we've right? met, um, the founder of charity water. Um, I'm name? trying to yeah. remember where, we met him. I think we were in New York together and we just came across him in a park. You know, he was just out there talking to people about the need for clean water. We're like, Hey, you know, we're trying to figure that out too. And, you know, provide a solution and stuff. So, um, he's definitely somebody that we admire and, you know, yeah. we're right there, um, with as far as like, um, 
seeing a need and, and whatnot. So yeah, it's kind of similar. I mean, um, we started well aware trying to drill a, a well for my family's village. And then, it, you know, the you know snowball just kept rolling down the hill and it got bigger and bigger. And after we went through all of the work to try and figure out how to drill one water well, we're like, well, um, you know, why stop here? And, you know, at that point, I've been doing a lot of soul searching about, you know, is running a nonprofit what I'm passionate about and what I feel called to do. And while, you know, I totally believe in the cause, I realized that that wasn't my calling to mm-hmm. run a nonprofit. Yeah, I totally can't say I blame you. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> after four years, I decided it was time for me to focus again on photography. Um, Sarah, you know, for her, that was like her That's burning her passion. That's her <laughs> calling. I mean, she's still doing Are they still working at Luca? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know she's, she's been super passionate about it and really like taking it to the next level. So Mm -hmm. I'm, that's great. Yeah. It's been cool. Um, I wonder if, if they were, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the life straw, right? Yes. Yeah. So you can, it sucks, you suck out the toxins, it takes out the toxins in the water. Uh I wonder if it would be able to remove a lot of the toxins over in Kenya. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that like all the different regions, you know, they're different and what makes, uh, clean water hard to come by is different because sometimes it's just that the water there isn't clean, but sometimes there is no water. Mm -hmm. So then that's when you need to drill for it. And in Kenya, we were drilling, you know, a hundred feet through pure granite. So these aren't hand dug wells. Like some places you can dig a well by hand and you may get water and it may be dirty. So then, you know, it's like you got the water. Now we just need to purify it. So, you know, every area has its different challenge um, and a different strategy that. um, And sometimes uh, someone from the family, they carry those uh, jerry cans on their their head. Yeah. So then they walk like, I don't know, 20 miles or something. So I'm curious, how many countries have you visited so far? Do you have well? I think I've lost count. Yeah, I've lost count. I think it's around twenty. One of one of my favorite places that I've been to is China, and it was so cool because it was so foreign and different. Um, And I mean, it really just blew my mind. I thought the people were awesome Mm -hmm. and and so you know friendly and sweet and curious and so my mom was teaching over there in an international school and I went to visit her and so we traveled she was living in Shenzhen which is you know 20 million people huge city which you know usually when I travel I don't really think of big cities as you know I know (laughs) it's so big but yeah um it's in Southern China, not too far from Hong Kong. Um, but mm. it was just, it was really cool. Um, just to see, you know, this amazing like machine of a city work. Um, and I just remember like we would be walking down a street and people would literally stop and just, you know, 
at a very close distance, like a few feet away, just stare at us and <laughs> watch us talking to each other or having conversation. And, you know, to them, it wasn't weird to just stare at us. Um, we why, would, were they, why were they staring? You well, because, yeah, we looked different wow. um, and we we're speaking a foreign language and we were clearly, you know, different from everyone else right, around there. Like aliens. Yeah. We went into one restaurant and we were there for about an hour. And the only thing we managed to have brought to our table was one donut. What? <laughs> we were trying. They just wouldn't wait on you? No. There was people coming to our table and there was lots of head nodding and smiling and agreeing. But the only thing we could communicate that we actually uh. wanted was the donut. We thought we'd ordered like several <laughs> dishes. And so oh, no. finally after we were like, okay, yeah. I guess we have to give up. Like we're not breaking the through. The communication barrier is yeah. to be a problem. Um, so I that barely was... spoke Spanish. Which yeah. <laughs> I, for a year and a half, I still, it usually just goes in one year and out the other. Uh-huh. And I don't really comprehend what people are saying. I can't really communicate very well. Yeah. So that made it challenging, but I was, I had met my now ex-girlfriend in Santiago, Chile. Okay. Yeah. And actually Mendoza, which is the wine capital of uh-huh. Argentina. Yeah. And we took a bus to Santiago and then spent about six months together between Buenos Aires and Chile. Oh, uh-huh. Um, so unfortunately I had to leave her behind. Okay. And <laughs> she had a scholarship to study over there in uh-huh. occupational therapy. Oh. And I just, you know, like. As did I she was, speak Spanish? I, yeah, that's the okay. thing. Like she spoke, spoke oh, fluent Spanish uh-huh. and pretty good English. I was teaching her English too, and okay. it, was getting, it was improving all the time. Uh-huh. But um, so we were doing a long distance relationship thing for a little while, but yeah. it didn't last long. Yeah, it's those are difficult. hard. <laughs> and plus, I'm here in Austin. There's plenty of beautiful women around here, <laughs> smart women, people doing things. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no need to correspond with one. No. Hey, you know, friends, shop local, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Exactly. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, so it's um, been great talking to you and yeah. uh, learning more about what inspired you to start your own photography business. And like, you have a beautiful space here. It's a Thank great you. studio. Oh, one other question. Um, do you do any aerial photography? I I do not. I've always had um, someone else come along and help out with that when the request has come up. So okay, next time, next time you're the guy. (laughs) Yeah, I need to get another drone. I probably most likely just rent one for precision camera. Oh yeah, for the day. Uh It's a wedding. Yeah. Um, It's because I sold mine in Santiago. Oh okay. Money and I just right. uh, Yeah. Glad to be back in Austin. And um, yeah. where? So, where can we find more information about you? You have a website, well, Instagram, yeah, um, BrioPhotography.com will start you off, and you can travel to weddings from there. BrioWeddings.com um, on Instagram. Um, I'm under Brio Photo and Life with Brio. I'm already so, following. All right, perfect. <laughs> Well, one, thanks. Of the, one of the things I've been doing lately is I actually feature other Instagram photographers in my story. Oh, cool. And then I tag them in the story so it shows up in their messages. Oh. And then they'll usually get back to me and be like, hey, thanks for sharing. 
Yeah. And then you can take the conversation from uh-huh. there. So. Well, you're really Nobody. good at connecting with people, so I have thanks. to yeah, applaud you on that. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much. This has been another episode of Digital Nomad Ventures. I sat down and talked with Brio. Remind me your last name. Cooney. Cooney. Brio Cooney. She's a local photographer in Austin. It was it was great talking to her. And uh, we'll be doing another interview next week. So stay tuned. Thanks so much.